0: My name is Dan Jarvis, I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm up here with Brad um, Wurzel, who's our student ministry director. Before we went on further in the service, we have some fun things to talk about with you, and I just wanted to bring in the church into our conversation. So, um, as many of you know, Brad joined us about a little less than three years ago. He and his wife, Bree, lead our our student ministries. So junior high, senior high, uh, they're heavily engaged in all sorts of ways to serve inside and outside the church, that age group. Um, however, as Brad has gone forward in his work, he's really been feeling the call, uh, to, to make that, uh, to kind of take the next step in ministry, uh, moving from just saying, Hey, this is my job that I'm committed to in this moment to saying, this is really part of who I am. Um, and, and so that's when we would transition from someone just who kind of works at the church as a staff or a director to someone who is a pastor. So uh, you brought that to us, and we've been you know, considering it. I've had a few meetings with you. You got to meet with the elders this week to talk through your calling. And, uh, and I just wanted to ask you, uh, what, what about being a pastor is interesting to you? And, uh, and then also maybe you could walk us through how you feel like you've received that
1: call to make that a part of who you are. So it's funny because, I mean, like you said, I'm engaged in the community. And so one thing that started making me think about this more was I knew here at the church I was always like title was always like the student ministry director. And then when I would talk to students in the community, I would say that and then they're like, what are you a part of the YMCA or something like that? So they didn't really understand what that is. And then I'd say, oh I'm a youth pastor. And then they were like, oh that clicks for me. So even just like on an honest level for me, I felt like guilty of the fact that I was saying one thing in the community and another thing at the church. And so that kind of started making me think I wanted to say it on both sides. Um, But then as I've been thinking and praying and talking with uh, the elders more too, like I just knew this is the passion that I've felt called to. And I want to say like, I want you to all know that that's my passion and that's my heart and my desire. So as to how that started, um, it probably rewinds way back to sixth grade. Um, I was here at the church and the youth pastor at that time uh, pulled me aside and said, hey, can I mentor you? And I said, yes, and I had no clue what that meant, but I knew I was going to be mentored. So uh, from that point, he would meet with me consistently week after week, and I saw the impact that it started making in my life of where I was going. I was thinking about things more in a challenging way. He was asking me always, "Why, why do you believe what you believe? And from that moment, I started to go, you know what? I want to be a youth pastor someday. I want to help challenge students. I want them to see that they have value in their life, that they are loved by God, and that they have a a purpose for their life. And so ever since sixth grade, I started having that call of, like, I want to go into ministry. And then I knew probably at that point, I said, I want to go to Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, too. And so eventually, once I graduated from uh, school in high school, I went to Moody and from there did my four years and my bachelor's in student ministry and just felt like, okay, this is definitely where I'm called to be. And then taking the step of moving here and getting engaged at BCBC, I just really felt more and more like, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is who God has called me to. And so um, that's what gets me excited each day is knowing that like I get to show students, like God loves you. He has a passion for your life.
0: Yeah. Um, so as we've talked to Brad about what it would mean to become a pastor here at our church, it doesn't really impact your actual job description day to day. You're already doing a lot of the things you would do, um, but it is, it is kind of a different level of commitment. It also changes the way people see you and view you, um, and uh, it's just one of those things that, you know, as you. It, it's, it, I would say it's a higher level of spiritual responsibility over people and I wanted to share up on the screen here, the job description of a pastor, just right out of the Bible in First Peter chapter 5. Uh, it says, this is Peter writing, he says, as a fellow elder, I appeal to you, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. Just a great summary of what this role is all about. And I made a highlight here of the uh, kind of, if you were pulling out the action words and saying, what what does a pastor do? What are they responsible for? Um, This is it. I mean, first of all, you've got elder. And so in our church, we have elders who are volunteers, and we also have elders who are Pastors that would be paid by the church as staff members. So we've got a little both of that, uh, but we'd say all of us together would be elders of the church, Um, care for the flock. So obviously, this is that reference back in biblical times. Shepherding, the shepherding of sheep, was the illustration of what it meant to care for people. And so, as a pastor, that's what the word literally means: shepherd. Uh, So you've got a flock of people, and in your case, that's mostly teenagers, maybe some of their parents, people that you get to work with directly. And, uh, and so they're under your care, you're watching over them, which would be you know, protecting them, but also you know, thinking ahead, having some vision for them, uh, not just because you have to, but because this is, you're eager to serve God in that way. Um, and then of course the, the word lead, um, not just leading by giving a dictate, but leading by example is what the text says there, um, that people should be able to look at your life and mimic what they see in you. And that would, that would mean they're, they're on the right track. Uh, which is a, that's a pretty big, you know, kind of a burden to carry a trust that's given uh, to know that people will be watching and following the way that you live, the way you prioritize, the way you, you know, work with Bree, uh, the way that you work with Everett, your son, you know, just that that as a pastor, you're not only giving some direction and leadership to things, but you're also an example of how to live the Jesus way. Um, So the elders, um, having met with Brad, really want to enthusiastically endorse this um, and, and our plan is to put it before the church at, the, at that annual meeting that we talked about a few minutes ago on February 6th, and let the, the people of the church confirm uh, whether or not that's the right direction for you. So that gives us two weeks um, as a church body, uh, just if you have questions for Brad or you want to walk up and encourage him. I realize some of you have probably known Brad since, what, sixth grade, or were you literally a baby in the church? Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. some of you have been nursery duty with Brad, I, you know. <laughs> So you know him well. Um, you could uh, you could encourage him, or if you have you know red flags or questions that you think would be important to talk about before February 6th, this is that window of opportunity uh, for that. And uh, Brad, as you uh, just, I just want to ask you for how should we be praying for you for Bree? This doesn't really represent a transition of your workload, but it, it's just it's a step forward in your ministry. So how would you like us to be praying for you in the next few
1: weeks? I think, I mean, even with the elders, they had me read a book through, and we talked through First Timothy and what the role of an elder looks like, and I know I said to the elders, I was like, it's a humbling thing to look at all of those things and to realize, like, that's what you're trying to model your life after, and so it's one of those moments where you have to call into question, like, is that who I am? Is that who I'm aspiring to be? And so I think that's my continued desire is that I would grow more and closer to the Lord and want to seek out those character qualities in my life. Um, on how that plays out in real life for me. Like my role doesn't change that much, but like I am working here, I'm working in the community. So also knowing how to balance both living out Christ in the community and then also doing that in the home as well and investing into my family. So I think balancing those two things. Okay, so
0: we'll pray for you in that regard. And then I want to give you a chance to, since you're here, And tonight at six o'clock, our our student ministry, which is called Amplify, is happening uh, on Sunday nights. That's really the core of it. And there's other activities that spring out of it. Maybe you could just tell the teens in the group here or maybe parents of teens that aren't here um, what's in store tonight, like just as we like very practically want to pray for what you're doing uh, in your ministry.
1: Uh, So we've been actually going through the book of Jonah right now. And talking about how Jonah's experience of running away from the Lord, returning to the Lord, running away from the Lord again, and like helping students see a vision and a passion for their life of knowing their calling and then knowing how to live out their calling in their life. So that's our series that we're going through that I'm really excited about right now. I don't get to teach it, so it's even better because I get to hear from uh, some of our different teachers. Mm -hmm. And... um, I'm excited for just that and all the different things that we have planned for tonight, so.
0: Cool, all right, so if you're a teen, come at six o'clock tonight and uh, be prepared to learn about that, so. Well, let's pray for Brad now as a church. And uh, Lord, you've heard our conversation here. We want to commit this uh, course of decision to you. We do recognize that um, from an early age, you've had a call on Brad's life. We've seen that played out in front of us even just looking at that text, that's the pastor job description and thinking in so many ways, Lord, you already have Brad serving in that role, uh, regardless of what we call it. Uh, He is caring for his flock and he is leading by example. I pray that you would give him um, confidence and assurance in the next couple of weeks as we move toward uh, that that annual meeting. Um, Lord, that if this is the right course, that you would confirm it through Um, your Holy Spirit, uh, working in Brad and Breed's hearts, but also uh, in our congregation here as we get to give feedback to Brad, ask him questions, and encourage him along this road. Thank you for bringing him here. Thank you for letting him be a part of our ministry in so many different ways uh, for a lot of the the hidden things that he's involved in to serve that none of us really even know about. Uh, And then some of the upfront things he does as well. We're just very grateful for his service and we pray that you would continue to guide him uh, into these next steps and uh, we pray for your blessing on him in jesus name amen